Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Only 25% of Metro Nashville public school graduates go on to earn a college degree. Think about that for a second. Only one out of four graduates from college. That's pretty wild. More and more paying jobs require college degrees and all the costs of living go up in our city. So do the chances of, of a young person from Nashville. So do the chances that they will not be able to make the kind of employment that will allow them to remain in their hometown. So why are students not attending college or graduating from college? Where are the gaps in support? And who is helping to change the statistics? My next guests have knowledge about the issue and are actively working on solutions. They work with Persist Nashville, a local nonprofit that has a mission to double the rate of college graduates in the city. I'd like to welcome Melissa Watkins, Director of Communications and Careers, and Gabe Marrero, Data Director to This is Nashville. Melissa and Gabe, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. So, Gabe, you're the numbers person here. Let's talk about the 25% of MNPS students who graduate from college. Are we talking about all kinds of degrees, four-year institutions to technical schools? Yes, both, um, all three types, Um, four-year degrees, technical, and two-year degrees. That 25% includes that. Well, how does that number compare to other cities around the country? Um, When you look at similar profiles from uh, cities around the country, such as like Chicago, Washington, D.C., New York, it's about the same. Uh, But when we talk about the national average, it's around 44% overall. Wow. What does that say about what we're doing here? Um, So we are uh, behind the ball when it comes to having students graduate from college. Um, When it comes down to it, um, our students are not either getting the support that they have in high school um, to be successful in college or when they get to college, there are several different situations in which a student can, uh, it goes through that they're not passing and getting through and, and persisting through. Well, how, how does that impact people? Um, so when we look at our city specifically, uh, in Nashville here, if students are graduating with just a high school degree, um, they are um, on average um, not going to make, um, what the gap is going to be anywhere between uh, 1.5 to 2.5 million dollars in lifetime earnings if they're just graduating with a high school degree versus a four-year college degree, um, and so students are yeah missing out on that, and our city's missing out on that as well. Now, Melissa, tell me what are some of the biggest challenges that you hear about from students? So our biggest challenges that I, I hear about, specifically in the job development side, is um, basically students not wanting to be Nashville citizens anymore. So if I'm trying to present jobs that are in Nashville, they're not excited about being in their city because they feel like the city is too expensive for them to enjoy. So if we are continually using the Persist program to help them persist through college and we're like, hey, do you want to stay here? Is this where you want to live at? They're saying no. They're being pushed out of their neighborhoods. They're being pushed out of the city central. And so they're like, well, what's the point of me being here if I'm not going to be able to make enough money to enjoy the things that Nashville says they're going to provide for me. And how does that impact the city? Because when I first moved here two years ago, talking with officials and leaders, a real concern was losing the homegrown talent 
that so many young people are leaving Nashville and not coming back for certain reasons, but this affordability one is rather new. And it's really wild because Nashville has so many colleges and two-year programs in the city itself. And so people are, are coming into Nashville, taking our education, and then leaving and going back to their hometowns or going to cities they feel like would desire them most. And then we have our actual people who are born and raised in Nashville, whom we like, we lovely call them unicorns. Mm-hmm. But they're like, hey, I don't know if I could stay here and want to be able to build my family, stay with my parents. If your parents are getting pushed out of their neighborhood, Neighborhoods. Like, what does that make you feel? Does that make you have pride in your city? So we're trying to help build that pride and also help keep them on that matriculation route of finding a job that's going to make the most sense for them to gain the most employment. OK, so how do financial challenges and the lack of transportation impact the student's <laughs> ability to succeed in college? I think every single one of our students talks about transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start to talk with our students in this um, their spring semester of their senior year. So right before prom, and they're really starting to think about, like, I'm, a, I'm about to be an adult. And they're like, a bus doesn't go here. A bus doesn't go there. You know, I can't get to a friend's house anymore because my parents are like, you're an adult. Mm-hmm. And so they're starting to think, how am I supposed to maneuver and be this adult that you all call me if I cannot even get from one side of my city to the next? And if you want to work, if that job is more than a mile away from your house, Nashville has no walkability. So we don't have sidewalks. You don't feel safe, you know, walking around. And it makes you feel like I don't want to get a job. I'm trying to do my best, but I can't. Can I get a work from home position? Can I do something that's going to keep me closer? And the last thing is like a lot of our students are the primary breadwinners. They're starting to add into the family's finances and saying I might need to leave starts to cause some contention in their families. Mm. You know, also, you know, being in school in a new environment is pretty difficult as well. What are some of those other challenges that students face? Like, what's it like for a first-generation college student? Maybe you want yeah. to? Yeah. Um, so for our first-generation college students, um, they are facing challenges of, like, knowing how to navigate the college system, um, knowing how to navigate the offices that they're they're going to, such as financial aid or their academic advising or anything like that, um, along with coming, at least, at least the last couple of years, coming out of the pandemic, uh, creating a community on campus and mm-hmm. having people that you can relate to and have fun with and just enjoy school with. And students are having issues forming those relationships with either of those, um, along with um, not, and if they're the first person, especially to go to school, um, not having the support and knowledge from their family to be able to help them out and to navigate what they're going through is going to be the biggest issues I see. What have you heard from some of the students that you work with that may not be so obvious? Um Let's see, not so obvious for us would be... um, I would say mental health supports. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially if you don't go to a traditional four-year. Most uh, four-year universities have mental health supports, but they also have huge wait lists. And then you have the issue of friends seeing you walk down that hallway. Mm -hmm. And if you go to a two-year or a technical technical education program, they may not have that at all. Most of those programs are very straightforward. You're going to take your classes. You're going to get your certifications. And we don't have enough finances on campus to help you with those things. So mental health supports is a big one, especially coming out of the pandemic. Let me ask you both. Did either of you have struggles going through college? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm a community college graduate who transferred on to a four-year university. I had no clue how the college system worked, though my dad did go to college. He went through it to the military and went through a different pathway. And I didn't have support and didn't have uh, support from uh, 
other parts of my family as well. And so that was a struggle for me. And I did it by um, finding people on campus, finding a professor, finding good advising and, and things like that as well. And I came down here from Massachusetts to go to Tennessee State. So I was out of state. That's number one. And my I am a first generation student. My mom started college and didn't finish. So by the time we got through our first semester, she pretty much had no knowledge base of what to do next. And that's that bureaucratic paperwork that yes. comes yeah. along with going to college, we right? We found that a lot of students don't even start the first semester because they didn't sign a paper. They didn't open that email. They didn't get that thing returned. And so having Persist help them and say, hey, this is the deadline for financial aid. This is the deadline for housing. This is the deadline for orientation is really starting to help students be like, oh, there's a bunch of like layers and pieces other than me saying, yay, I graduated from high school and yay, I'm going to college. There's so much more in between that. Yeah, I, I can relate. My my parents knew the system of how to go to apply to college, but they forced my siblings and I to kind of figure that out and work on ourselves. Yeah. So I relied on my two older sisters who are already in college yeah. when it came time for me to apply. And that was a great help. But I wonder, like, what does it take for a first generation student to find the types of resources that they need on campus? Um, I'm going to go with that right there. Uh, I believe it's going to be strong orientation. Um, So getting to know the knowledge of the campus and what it takes to get through. Um, Strong advising, um, especially on campus, is going to be critical for them to be to reach their goals. If their goal is to go to two year and finish out a two year degree, they need um, to communicate that with their advisor. If they want to transfer to another school, um, they need to communicate that plan early on, um, even if they don't know where exactly they're going. Um, so that they can be, their advisor can help them prepare. You know, I can relate to that. When I went to school, I I remember my first day sleeping in the dorm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my parents made a big deal about all of their kids going to college and graduating. And I didn't get any sleep because I was afraid that, man, if I flunk out of school, I am going to be ashamed and let my parents down. The next day, I got with my advisor, the late, great Dr. Wilhelmina Boyd, and she looked at me and she said, you're going to be fine. And she looked at my parents and she said, you're going to be fine. But it was her support throughout the entire four years of me being in school that really helped me to achieve and move forward. I'm really interested in addressing more of this, but we are going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll explore the strategies that are used by Persist Nashville to help students succeed and graduate from college. Did you struggle in college? What would have helped you succeed? You can let us know by tweeting us at This Is Nashville. And also, we want to thank you for your support of This Is Nashville and WPLN. Now it's time to keep that support coming. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil e. Colonna, and this is Nashville. We're talking about the barriers to college that many Nashville students face. Only one in four MNPS graduates go on to graduate from college. That statistic should be troubling to hear, but the nonprofit Persist Nashville is working to change that number and double the rate of college graduates. Before the break, we heard about some of the challenges students encounter. Now let's hear about some of the strategies Persist Nashville uses to help students. My guests are Melissa Watkins and Gabe Marrero from Persist Nashville. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you. 
Okay, so Melissa, after, you know, I heard that you all use the three-pronged approach when working with students. Can you tell me more about that? So that approach is co- uh, coaching, community, and care. So we use a text-based coaching system to coach our students, basically to help them with success coaching. We found that they're always on their phones, as we like to say, mm-hmm. and being able to send that quick text of motivation or a text of a, a um, deadline for some sort of paperwork or financial aid has really been successful in making sure the students stay on the path. And then for community, we have um, student leads on our major campuses that are like our hands and feet on the campus. They're telling us when the important dates are like homecoming or things of that nature. So we as our, so our coaches can say, hey, how was that thing? Are you having fun? Did this happen? You know, what's going on on your campus? And we have the uh, student leads who are also hosting like study nights and, you know, get togethers and just ways for students to build community. And then with care, we um, work with a lot of community partners. We make resources available for our students. We utilize um, some of our uh, our uh, stipends for students at times, too, to help them bridge that gap that may happen when you're on campus. Like you said, moving into your dorm and like realizing you need that book or even like a bunch of paper that you didn't realize you need to get. Yeah. Those are things that, you know, people will, will can actually just stop a student from wanting to continue because they're like, another thing I have to remember. So coaching community and care wraps around the students and we're helping them to persist. You help you help to dissolve some of those barriers yes. out there. And yeah. but you gotta build trust. You have to build with trust with the students. I mean, that's just a very impactful moment in time in their lives. How do you go about building and maintaining these relationships with the students you work with? So we have an access team that is amazing, and they go out in the spring, and that is this their senior semester. So they get to see us, and they know that we are real people. That is like the main thing we're helping with okay. during a time of what we call summer melt, which is the time between your graduation from high school and your first day of college. And we're like, we are real. We are not robots because our phones, you know, sometimes you get robotic messages. Mm -hmm. And we're asking not only just those deep questions, but we're asking fun questions as well. And we're having a great rapport with our students and we can go back and we have an amazing system built by Gabe that has helped um, our student us to know what we talked about last. You know, if you're talking to 50 students or 100 students in a day, you get to go back and look at the system and be like, oh, I just talked to this person about X, Y, Z. And so we're bringing those things back and helping students to understand, like, we're hearing you, we're listening to you, and we're trying to find solutions to those problems. And you mentioned something, a phrase you used there, summer melt. Yes. What is that and how do you address it? Okay, summer melt is going to be students who intend on going to college after they leave high school. They've taken steps to do that, whether that's applying for FAFSA or applying to a school um, and then not enrolling in the fall. Mm. Um, So the rate we typically see for students who um, are intending to go to school uh, and and falling into summer melts around uh, 65 percent for MMPS uh, overall. So 35 percent of those students are kind of lost um, in just that summer after high school. Um, our goal in programmatically is preventing that from happening. So we work with close to 2,000 students um, throughout the summertime um, from the classes from the class of 2023. And previously we worked with about 1,000 from 2022 um, to prevent that from happening. Mm. Okay. Now, are all the students you work with local? I mean, how do you change your approach for students who may be attending Vandy or TSU And then the ones who may be far away, like UCLA, for example. So that's the great thing about Persist is that as long as you graduated from a Nashville school, does not matter where you go, your phone is going with you. So that's that texting portion. Um, And then we have 
several coaches. We have six coaches now. Yeah, six coaches now. And the coaches are divided by schools. So we have a coach for our HBCUs, our historically black colleges. We have a coach for our um, two-year institutions. We have coaches that also we all get our alumni school. So it's like you have that deeper connection. Mm-hmm. So when I was a coach, I went to TSU. I had all their TSU students. So I was familiar with some of the things and how things happen. So that helps with getting students to that first mark, which is walking on campus and getting, you know, getting into that, those classes. Now, Gabe, I understand that before you came to Persist Nashville, you were a high school teacher, yes. right? Okay. So how did that experience inspire what you do now? Um, I saw where our students were at here in Nashville. Um, and I taught, I taught at a couple of the schools around here and I saw that um, they needed support beyond just graduating high school. Mm. And I wanted to help be a part of that here at Persistent Nashville. Uh, there, are, there are many great organizations that we know of in, in the area, uh, but they're working with uh, groups of maybe 50 to 100 students if they, after they graduated. I wanted to make a big impact. Um, and so as we work with 2,000 students or 1,000 students at a time, and our coaches are working with three to 400 at a time, I, I think we can make a larger impact across the, the city uh, when we were able to work in mass like this. Having that experience in the classroom, yeah. you really benefit you, yeah. right? I mean, because it's super important yeah. how you talk to yeah. students and communicate with them. Yes. How far can positive support and encouragement go? Um, I think it can help them, especially someone who knows the system and knows how it operates here um, to go through school. It can be vital for them succeeding in school. Um, someone coaching them along um, and saying, and just bringing encouragement on a weekly basis and getting in constant contact can be a way for, um, can be a huge help for students. We discovered um, at Persistent Nashville that um, that students weren't replying to our text early on in our programming, but uh, when they weren't replying, um, we were trying to figure out why they weren't replying. And um, as we got to the end of the semester and saying, hey, we haven't heard from you, uh, we're going to be cutting you off after the semester. Um, they hear like, no, do not do that. Okay. Please do not cut that off. The The positive quotes and texts and the reminders are great for me mm-hmm. um, as I'm going off into school. I may not answer. Yeah. I'm always busy. But it is it is that encouragement can help somebody get through the get through their week or get through their day as yes. they're going through school. Yeah, you ask a 19 year old to respond to your text. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. luck with yeah. that. Yeah. You know, but thinking about it, like life is really not the same. For everyone, some mm-hmm. students have very adult responsibilities, yeah. and that yes. makes them hard for them to go to school, let alone succeed. Melissa, you mentioned it a little bit earlier about students having to serve as almost the primary breadwinner or at least contributor yes. to their family's income. How how do you work with students who may not be able to focus all of their energy and time on college? We our organization as a whole is so much about scheduling. We mm-hmm. I think we talk about scheduling oh, yeah. at every at every staff meeting, but we teach scheduling to our students in ways that make sense to them. We are we we created a planner for our students as well, and we will teach that planner to them because I found that even when I was a coach, I'd say put it in your phone, put that reminder in there in your phone. And and the student will be like, you can do that. And I'm like, if, if that's the answer, then you're definitely not scheduling anything. Mm-hmm. So helping students to understand what is priority in your day. We've had students who were like, I'm my brother's babysitter. I'm the one who picks him up from after school. If I go to MTSU, which is not that far away. I, I won't be able to do that. My mom will be out of out of luck. So how can I, you know, do that? So we've sat with parents, students, you know, we've showed case what the priority is. And we've also talked about 
what your class schedule looks like. You know, maybe you're a person who has to take your classes from 5 to 7 p.m. and not that 8 a.m. class that may not be what's right, right for you. And so helping students conceptualize what timing is and you may not have a traditional college experience, but if the goal is to get a degree, mm. this is what we can do to kind of move you into that that path. Yeah, and, and budgeting as well. I would say budgeting, and helping, budgeting, and helping yeah. that out. We've been providing resources and helping our students out in the last couple of years in that as well. So these are essential life skills that yeah. you're also giving to the students that they may not have received from at home or at the high school that they graduated yeah. from. And speaking of high schools, well, Gabe, tell me, how can... How can MNPS help persist Nashville accomplish these goals? Um, strong college counseling early on. Um, that is either um, starting in their middle school years, students are in their middle school years, and talking about the opportunities that exist, or at least starting in ninth grade and having that opportunity to talk to them, having that mindset um, going in um, that they're going to go to school mm-hmm. at the end. It's more of an opt-out position uh, overall, I think, and is providing that support and. Uh, and more people across the border. Our councils are working with three to 400 students or more at a time. That's a uh, lot of students yeah. Yeah. for one counselor yes. to yeah. work with. So let me ask you this. How can listeners help? Ooh, uh, listeners can help by, ooh, it's a great, great question. Well, right one, there. you can visit our website, persistnashville.org, yeah. and you can click the button, get involved. We have a um, golf tournament coming up in October. We're always taking donations. Sometimes as small as $21 will get a student a success box. We send out success boxes hmm. to all of our students, and it has like just those, that care package that your mom or dad would have sent you. We have a little hat and like a gift and candy and like our planners and something as small as $21, but as big as $5,000, we are a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And as you know, that means we are always going to need assistance and help from the community. And just to know that we're giving that right back to the students. We're giving that right back to them getting through college and coming back to your family and being a contributor and just you being proud of that student. Yeah. Look, I know this. When I got the care package full of little Debbies from my mom and dad, yes. that made school a <laughs> yeah, whole lot different. Well, let me ask you this last question for you. You know, Melissa, say a high school student or their parents, they're listening yes. to this episode. What can they be thinking about as they begin to talk about college as a potential future? My my advice is ask your student what are their three things they want to do with their life and let them have the chance to dream in front of you. Um, take away that I am adult. I'm an adult. I know what's going to happen. Let them dream. And then you all go out together and research programs that may be closer to those paths. So you may have a student who says, I want to be in entertainment. Okay. Let's talk about what that looks like in maybe it's just a two year certification. So let your student dream, connect with their guidance counselors to see what programs are available and they can connect with community programming like Persist and other programs that offer that extra layer of care for your student to help get them to that next goal. I want to thank my guests from Persist Nashville, Melissa Watkins, the director of communications and careers and data director Gabe Marrero. Thanks to you both. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll learn how commuter schools are welcoming students when we talk with folks from Nashville State Community College. You can join the conversation by tweeting us at This Is Nashville and keep your support for our show and everything you hear at WPLN. Keep it going. Head to, head to WPLN.org and hit that Give Now button. We'll be right back.
I'm Khalil E. Colonna, and this is Nashville. We're talking about the barriers to college and how to address them. For some people, going from high school to a four-year college or university is in their plans. For others, a community college or community school is their path towards earning a degree. Nashville State Community College has a little under 10,000 students enrolled. People from all walks of life and ages are in the student body. So let's learn how the school is working to support each student so they can get their degree and continue their education. I'd like to welcome Lindsay Hager. She is the assistant director at Nashville State Student Success Center and Shane Doherty, a student at Nashville State. Lindsay and Shane, welcome to This is Nashville. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Okay, so Lindsay, you are a Nashville State graduate. What was your experience like there? Yeah, so my experience was fantastic. It's really what made me choose to, to switch a little bit and make community colleges my um, kind of passion in my work and where I wanted to go in higher ed. But specifically, it allowed me to see the beauty of a community college is how diverse the population is and the different people that you see in the different classes. And then also how many different ways community colleges can truly impact the individual student as well as the community at large. So my experience was fantastic. It was all about building that network. What did you see there in, in those different ways? Yeah. So, you know, each, one memory that I'll never forget is I was walking to the restroom between classes and heard a clearly a student parent on the phone who wasn't concentrating on her classes because she was trying to figure out where do we, where are we going to get dinner for my kids this evening? So that I think was a key piece of helping me understand that at a community college, we're truly serving a wide variety of needs that go beyond just the classroom, but then also the, the immensely rigorous and intense education that you can also get at a community college makes it a special place that can serve everyone. Now, did you face any challenges while you were there? I, you know, I didn't have necessarily the challenges that many people face, but I was an adult learner. It had been a decade since I had first entered community or college um, straight out of high school. And so for me, I had a support system at home, but it had been so long since I had been in the higher ed system that building and and really finding support on campus with my peers and then also my faculty um, made a huge difference for me. So my biggest fr struggle, I think, was feeling like I belonged. Um, and, and navigating what that felt like. Now you're working at the Student Success Center now. And so obviously I think the students come to you with their problems. What are some of the problems you hear about most often? So, you know, academic preparedness is what I think we think of first when students struggle, but generally that's the least likely cause for students having issues um, inside the classroom. So it, things that were talked about earlier, like transportation are a big one. Um, you know, being first generation students, where's the navigational and cultural capital that it takes to be successful in the community college system? And then it's things like childcare, housing insecurity, food insecurity is a huge one. So, so we're really focusing on helping you succeed in the classroom, but then also figuring out, you know, you, you say you're, you're turning into your assignment slate. Well, that might be a time management thing, but it also might be a working two jobs to help support your family, to help put food on the table, and then also navigate Nashville's transportation system. So I think, you know, when, when students come to us with, quote, unquote, their problems, we're really trying to, to dig deeper and figure out, well, what, what goes beyond just the classroom that we can provide you mm -hmm. um, to make you more successful? Now, Shane, you're at Nashville State. Mm -hmm. You enjoying it? Oh, I... Wouldn't trade my time at Nashville State for the world. I don't want to leave. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> so what brought you there? 
Um, well, I, similar to Lindsay, I had graduated back in 2014. So it had been a long time since I had been in education and I knew that I wanted to go back. I knew I wanted to get my degree, but I wanted to be in a place that I felt like I wasn't a number mm. where my voice was really heard and it wasn't too big of a school to where I'd feel, you know, really insecure. Now, take me back to high school. You graduated in 2014. Did you have a difficult time in high school? <laughs> yes, I did not have um, the normal high school experience that one might have. I graduated by the skin of my teeth, really. Mm. How did that impact your confidence that you could succeed in college? Tremendously. I did not think I'd ever be able to pass a stats class. Mm. I didn't think that I'd be able to comprehend biology. <laughs> um, and I think that's just a huge testament to the professors at Nashville States because they genuinely care about our success. They genuinely do. So take me back to when you first arrived, first day at Nashville State. What were you feeling? Everything. <laughs> I was excited, um, but I was also nervous just because I had nothing to compare it to. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I think I just got really lucky with my advisor with Lindsay because she was able to kind of give me a roadmap of what it was going to look like. Okay. Lindsay's your advisor mm -hmm. and she's here with you. Talk to me about this relationship you have. I mean, like I said, I'm very lucky and I know that I'm very lucky with her because she, we also had a, a similar um, story. You know, it had been a long time since I had been in school, but the biggest thing for me is that she is so supportive in any moment that I have felt like I just can't do this anymore. There's no doubt in her mind that I can do it. Mm. She's 100% confident in my abilities. Mm. And that kind of gives me the extra push that I need. Mm. Now, now about, you know, Lindsay, you know, Shane is commending you for the support that you gave her. How many students have you run into who just need this simple mode, sense of support and, and belonging? So many, uh, you know, thousands each semester that simply just need somebody to be on their support team. So I think that, you know, my relationship with Shane has grown through what's called our Nashville Flex program, um, which is a partner program to our Nashville grad program. But the more important piece is just the the design of our Student Success Center, which uh, is fairly new on the Nashville State campus. But the intent of it is to provide relationship-based coaching models of not only here's a set of classes that will get you to your degree, that is academic advising. But the coaching piece is how do we get to know you better as a student? How do we build that relationship with you? And then how do we tailor your education to get you to the right place for you, whether you're ready to transfer on to a four-year college or to uh, right in, you know, immediately enter the workforce? It's truly about building that relationship from the advisor to the student. And then also we've done it an exceptional job of pulling in social workers. We call them student resource managers. Mm -hmm. So as we're looking at the beyond the classroom issues that may be causing students stress or making their academic journey tougher, we're connecting those and building a network of support for students who, particularly first-generation low income, they may have people who are supporting them but don't necessarily know how. We're adding to their support team as the cheerleader who's always going to tell Shane, you're going to do this. I'm confident you can succeed. But also, here are the resources and the extra pieces of the puzzle we can give you that go just beyond being a cheerleader. What does that say about kind of society's approach to higher education? And, and you know, because it, it's obviously known as 
this is something you need to get to have to have a good job, to have a career, to have, quote unquote, the American dream and the life you want. Yet there's so many people who have spent some time out of high school or directly out of high school who weren't prepared, who haven't received that support. What does that tell you about kind of what we promote versus what we value? Absolutely. So I think we've always thought of students as either traditional or non-traditional. So they're coming right out of high school and they're ready to jump in or they're non-traditional. Maybe they're like a Shane who took some time off and wanted to return to college. So I, I think what we're trying to promote is that this is going to be the next step in your life that gets you to a better promotion, a better profession, a better way for you and your family to, to live and support your community. But what we're trying to make people understand is that the value of education goes just beyond access, right? So access is not inclusion. So how do we bring all these students on campus and promote that we're helping you find a better place and a better way to live down the road, but then also help them understand that they do belong. They should have the confidence to be here. They do have a place at Nashville State, and that's what those student success advisors are built to do. Now, Shane, that's kind of your story, right? Mm -hmm. You've felt like you weren't a good student before college. What changed for you when you got to Nashville State? I really think, for me personally, Lindsay knew that I needed to to kind of dip my toes in first before I, I dove full in because I, I was still working. Um you know, and I have bills. <laughs> so yeah. that kind of slow progression was really important to me at first. But then my needs became a lot more about how can now I juggle work, life, school, and that balance, which is where the advising wasn't just so much like, like Lindsay said about the cheerleading, but also that she had a resource for any possible thing that, that could come up. And I think that's just been the most important thing to me. So it's having that support as well as that one-on-one -on -one attention right? that kind of helped you change your perspective about what you could accomplish for yourself and your education goals. You know, so have you spoken to your peers and classmates? What are they saying? What are they struggling with? Most of my friends at school have very similar stories. Um, a lot of us, you know, whether we struggled with addiction and it took us multiple years to get back, we all felt... Again, in my experience, we've all felt that the biggest hurdle was not feeling seen and not feeling good enough and that our work wouldn't, you know, surpass our own expectations. Mm. But it has been just such the opposite. Every single professor has made sure that we know our voices matter, that we're good at this, that we have a good opinion. We have, you know, something to say, mm. something that's valuable. What are you thinking? Are you thinking about furthering your education and advancing it? Yeah, I'll definitely be transferring, unfortunately, <laughs> just because I don't want to leave Nashville State. But I feel so much more confident in my ability to go towards a four-year. Four-year degree? Mm -hmm. and a master's degree after that? PhD. Any plans? PhD. Mm -hmm. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. That's wonderful. Now, Lindsay, you're studying for your PhD as well, right? My EDD, yes. So my, okay. Yeah. A, a degree in education? Yes. All right. What do you plan to do with that? So I just really enjoy, I think I mentioned the community college just in general is where my passion lies. I would love to dig deeper into programs like Nashville Grad and Nashville Flex, um, specifically designed to provide the wraparound services that college students need to succeed. Um, I do have a special love for the adult student who's <laughs> returning back to the college to um, to maybe start that, get that journey finished that they started and didn't complete earlier in their lives. So what can colleges and universities do to really improve their student support services? Everything from Nashville State to also universities like Vanderbilt, Middle Tennessee State, and TSU. 
So I think the student voice is first. We often assume um, that we know what's causing students to struggle, where their, their needs are. But until you really start talking to the students and begin to understand the deeper roots of what maybe, maybe is causing them to not be as successful, I think the student voice is first. Uh, and then second, just understanding and appreciating that financial aid and tuition are key to access to college, but it's the expenses that you lose with time, management of your life, helping support your family. What other resources can we provide? Because, you know, a, a quick example, you may have your tuition covered by Reconnect and Promise, which are fabulous um, programs that support our students, but entering into a nursing program is an extra $750 at the start. You're having to lose time in the office or wherever you're working. Um, and so those are hours where you can maybe be stressed out and not be able to focus on your studies. But if we can provide, you know, extra financial support to help you focus more on classes and less on work, those are the type of things. So truly getting the student's voice and understanding their actual needs before we build programming and then making sure we're understanding that that there's a cost to college that goes beyond tuition. All right, speaking of student voice, Shane, we're going to leave yours as the last voice we hear today. What would you say to anyone, high school student, young adult, or older folks, what would you tell them that they can get when they head to Nashville State? Anything they want. They can feel... they. I, I surpassed my own expectations, which I think was the biggest insane thing that I've experienced. Um, but just also that they can do it. There's so many resources that people don't know about. They can do it. They can do it, yeah. Wonderful. Shane Darty is a student at Nashville State, and Lindsay Hager is the assistant director at Nashville State's Student Success Center. I want to thank you both for being with us today. Really appreciate it. And thanks to you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville is a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by Char Daston. Today's episode was directed by Elizabeth Burton. Laura Boach is our te technical director. Mm, pardon me. The masterminds behind our theme musical, Orange and Namir Blade. Special thanks to Lakeithia Nicole. You can listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And yes, download that podcast. The conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at This Is Nashville. Find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. Again, thank you for your support of This Is Nashville and WPLN. Hit that Give Now button when you go to our website. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ekelona. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And be good to each other.